Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 29 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. We return to basketball after the All-Star break. Grizzlies will start with a two-game road trip before returning home on the final day of February to take on the San Antonio Spurs. We'll take a quick look ahead at the schedule, particularly the Minnesota game, which comes up on Thursday. And then our friend of the program is a return friend. His name is David Schuster, longtime basketball aficionado and media personality in Chicago. He will talk to us about the Chicago Bulls. That is game two of this two-game road trip to open up the final 22-game homestretch of the NBA regular season for the Memphis Grizzlies. Today's show is being brought to you by Hoop City Basketball Club. They are right now getting ready for the Jack Jones Spring League and uh, just a few days to get your team registered. They're also doing placements for first to eighth grade boys. So if you just have uh, an individual player that wants to play in the Jack Jones Spring League, Go to HoopCityBC.com. You can get all the information how to uh, get your young fellow placed on a team in the Jack Jones Spring League. Of course, they're also doing team registrations. If you already have your team, they are taking uh, those registrations as well. A lot of information on the Hoop City Basketball Club website. That's HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. Get all the information on the Jack Jones Spring League and how your young fella can get involved in all of that. And we thank Ernie Kuyper and everybody with uh, Hoop City Basketball Club for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Uh, Let's get to uh, that was the week that was. Grizzlies coming off a loss in their final game before the All-Star break. Grizzlies playing a tough back-to-back, going to New Orleans and and winning a game that was competitive, uh, despite the fact that the Grizzlies had control of it for vast stretches of that game. But uh, still, New Orleans never an easy out, and the Grizzlies had a long losing streak coming into that game in games played in New Orleans. Grizzlies come back to take on Portland, and this was a game where you know Portland got out to a lead, Sizable lead at halftime. Uh, they were up 11 at halftime. Grizzlies were able to to reel them in somewhat in the third quarter, but Yusuf Nurkic had himself a monster game, 32 points, got to the free throw line 10 times, and was simply unstoppable in the fourth quarter of this game. And one of the rare times that the Grizzlies were out-rebounded, 43-39, and it was a team-wide effort. This is a Portland team that yeah, obviously, they don't have uh, Damian Lillard. C.J. McCollum has been traded away. Anthony Simons, 31, 5 of 10 from downtown, 11 of 18 overall. And Portland shoots 51% from the floor. They are playing much better basketball now that the trade has been made. And, and it's not necessarily that the guys that they brought over are playing gangbusters, although Josh Hart, again, really putting together a solid game against the Grizzlies, 22 with six assists and seven rebounds. But this is just an opportunity where, uh, you know, Justice Winslow had himself a good game, and Anthony Simons now, without Lillard, without McCollum, he has free reign. He's in the starting lineup, and Ben McLemore had one of his one of his on games. Ben McLemore can be on, he can be off, but he was definitely on in this game. 14 points off the Portland bench. John Morant tying his regular season high with 44 and 11 assists to just two turnovers. He was spectacular. Got to the free throw line at will 25 times John Morant got to the free throw line 25 times Portland as a team got to the line 32 times Grizzlies were plus 10 in free throws attempted and free throws made but 
shot just 43.5% from the floor. Portland at 51%. Uh, that is uh, that is too much to overcome, particularly when both teams were low turnovers. Both teams got exactly 85 shots on goal, and Portland shot the higher percentage. Grizzlies finish the well. You don't want to call it the first half. It's 60 games, 41 and 19 through 60 games, uh, and Portland now 25 and 34 heading into the All Star break for the Grizzlies. First time they'd ever won this many games going into an All Star break. I don't think anybody would have expected that the Grizzlies would have 41 wins in their first 60 games, but here we are, and uh, it's it's been well played by the Grizzlies throughout. So that was the week that was, and we'll get to some PD's points, which basically is going to be a preview of the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is the Minnesota Timberwolves team that is really, really uh, picked up in a lot of areas. They're a very fast-paced team third in pace. They are top 10 in offensive efficiency and middle of the pack in defensive efficiency. Chris Finch is a name that not a lot of people knew a whole lot about, and it took him a while to get things rolling in Minnesota, but right now the Timberwolves, uh, they are playing some good basketball. Uh, they're top 10 in scoring. They uh, Their main strength is that they force turnovers. In fact, they lead the league in forcing turnovers and in scoring off your turnovers. They force 16 and a half a game. And they score almost 20 points per game off your turnovers. So, you know, that is definitely something the Grizzlies are going to have to look at and be very, very mindful of. Of course, the Grizzlies started 2-5 and five on the road. Since then, they have the best road record in the NBA. Grizzlies have gone 19-4 and four since they were blown out in Minneapolis. And to just to give you a sense of how well the Grizzlies have played on the road since, in their first seven road games... They were averaging 103 points per game and giving up 116, almost 117 points per game. They were last in the league in point differential in road games through that night in mid-November. Since then, now remember I said the Grizzlies were scoring 103 points per game on the road. Since then, the next 23 road games, Grizzlies scoring an average of 116.3 and giving up an average of 108.7. Before they were shooting 40% from the floor. Now they're shooting 46.5% from the floor. The other thing, too, is that in the first seven road games, opponents were shooting almost 43% from three. It, that simply is, is not sustainable. Uh, but the Grizzlies, since then, In the last 23 games, they're holding opponents to 33% three-point shooting. Grizzlies have done an amazing job offensively and defensively, and they have gone quite literally worst to first, worst point differential through the first seven road games in the NBA. Since then, the best road record at 19-4, and also the best scoring margin at plus 7.7. So the Grizzlies turned it around, and it really started. You know, remember the Grizzlies go to Minnesota, and Taylor Jenkins said it was one of the least competitive games that he had seen from his team. Then they go to Utah. Jaron hits the big three. Grizzlies win at Utah, and nobody really knew that it would end up to be a 19-4 and run for the Grizzlies on the road. But it all started that night in Minnesota where the Grizzlies just, outside of Desmond Bain in the first quarter, the Grizzlies had nothing, and I mean nothing, going and got blown out in that game. But now they face a Minnesota Timberwolves team that is starting to think playoffs. 
They are coming off, however, a loss, a 12-point loss to the Toronto Raptors at Target Center uh, on Wednesday before All-Star break. Shot just 39% from the floor. Highly unusual Anthony Edwards, 0 of 8 from the floor and 0 of 5 from 3. Don't expect those numbers again on Thursday night. So by way of, of, of Petey's points, just to tell you just how well the Grizzlies have played on the road, and now they're facing a Minnesota team that is a high-scoring team. They're a fast-paced team. They turn you over. They're third in block shots. They're top 10 in assists. And they're also fifth in fast break points. This is a very dangerous Minnesota team. This is not the same Minnesota team that the Grizzlies beat in overtime all the way back at the start of the season. This is a very good Minnesota team. Uh, and this is not a, a game that's going to be easy for the Grizzlies. It's going to be a challenging game for them, and, and it's always intriguing to watch teams coming back from All-Star break to see who really is ready to play and, and who is not, and, and this is a Minnesota team. Usually you get 60 games into the season, Minnesota is not playing for anything except ping-pong balls, but Chris Finch has them playing for the pen, potential, uh, certainly to get into the play-in tournament and potentially qualify for the NBA play. Got to admit, I do not have any all-star uh, updates for you. Uh, um, this this whole podcast is is a little uh, <laughs> it's a little unstructured because, frankly, I'm sleep deprived. I uh, flew out to the West Coast to a spot in Northern California, Mendocino, California, right on the ocean. Enjoy it very much. The bed and breakfast where I stayed did not have televisions at all. Uh, so every once in a while, if I had cell phone uh, reception, I might. Uh, Look into Twitter. So I, all I know is that Desmond Bain didn't win the three-point contest. The dunk contest wasn't very exciting, and John Morant didn't get as many minutes late in the game as a lot of Grizzlies fans thought he should have. So uh, that that's really all I know, uh, and I'll have to read about it and catch up on it. But I just got back into Memphis late on Tuesday night, and uh, in fact, as soon as I uh, get this podcast edited and uploaded, I'm going to be headed to the airport for uh, for the Minnesota game on Thursday night and uh, get back out on the road. So, uh, like I said, some unstructured PD's points, but uh, there you go. That's uh, that's what we got. We'll get to the friend of the program in a moment, but first we tell you, Hoops fans, the latest offering from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill slam dunk good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. 
We welcome back a former friend of the program. He's always a friend of the program. He has been observing the Chicago Bulls and all of the Chicago sports scene forever or so it seems. His name is David Schuster. If that name is familiar to you as a purveyor of the Basketball Podcast Network, good catch by you. Because Shu, along with Mark Shanowski, does the Sharpshooters podcast here on the Basketball Podcast Network. Caught up with Shu, who, uh, by the way, will be uh, at the broadcast table with me on Saturday night doing stats. Caught up with Shu, got the uh, very latest information on the Chicago Bulls. So, Shu, uh, we're after the All-Star break. Give us the state of the Chicago Bulls. And first of all, Zach Levine, do we think that he's going to be playing immediately uh, after yes. the All-Star break? He is he is in good shape. What, what's the latest medical report on Zach? Well, I mean, they practice later today. We're recording this uh, earlier on Wednesday, and they practice late this afternoon. And I wholly anticipate not only will he practice, but he will play in their first game, which is Thursday night, and then play against Memphis, of course, on Saturday. Um, I don't think he would have played in the All-Star game if he wasn't able to go. And I think you saw that 360 windmill dunk in the All-Star game. So, yeah, he's ready to go. The Bulls, record-wise, they're in great shape. I mean, let's face it, they're at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. But I don't want to be a doomsayer here. I just don't see them being, you know, one of the ultimate teams to come out of the East. And you you know more than anybody, um, Pete, that it's all about matchups in the postseason. If they go against a certain team, if they go against Brooklyn, they could go out really quickly. If they go out, uh, go against Philadelphia, I mean, they've never beaten Joel Embiid. They've played him 10 times and lost 10 times. So it's all about matchups. We'll see what happens. Give us the the breakdown on Billy Donovan and what he has meant to this team. I know he really didn't want to go through a rebuild and the way Arturis Karnishevis restocked the roster. It wasn't a rebuild. It was more of a reload. Yeah, I I think Billy's done a great job. Unfortunately, once again, during the last couple of years with COVID, you can't get as close to, uh, you know, either players and or coaches. And and speaking of our tourist, Karnishevis, I think I've seen him in person twice in, in over a year and a half. So that's just the way it is during COVID. But Billy Donovan has obviously done a great job. He, you know, he's he's a champion from college. He did very, you know, was very successful at Oklahoma City while he was there. And he's he's going to be successful here going forward as well. And he's had to overcome a lot of injuries, you know, and to, to maneuver. And even with Patrick Williams going out before the season started, Pete, I mean, he hasn't had a power forward on his roster the entire season. Now, they just finally got somebody, you know, a, a buyout, you know, uh, uh, Thompson. So that'll help them going forward forward but he's had to guard other teams 610 guys with 64 guys and you just can't in the long run do that so they had to they had to make a move and they finally did last week and they're still making their way without Alex Caruso and I know we won't see him obviously in in the Grizzlies game what did he mean to this team because it, you know the the casual read on him when he was with the Lakers was hustle guy makes some plays and he's he's almost kind of like a uh, you know, end of the bench guy that everybody wants to cheer for because they want they want to see the walk on come in. But he was, really was more valuable than that. Much, much, much more valuable than that. I mean, first of all, with him and Lonzo Ball, these are two guys in the backcourt who actually enjoy playing defense and enjoy disrupting the other team's offense. And they have missed both those guys, specifically Caruso, but Ball as well. I mean, they're great ball ball on ball defenders. Um, so the fact that neither one of them has been there. 
while they've been out, the Bulls defense overall has greatly, you know, gone down the hill. Um, so yeah, when he comes back and listen, he can still hit the three pointer and he's, he's a great teammate and he's still involved, believe it or not, from the bench. He's one of those. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but he's sort of a psycho on the bench and he's psycho in the game. He's a disruptor. I think that's the best way of talking about him. Yeah, he 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 is the ultimate hustle guy. There are so many people on, on social media that talk about mid-range game, death of the mid-range game. I have always loved DeMar DeRozan's game. I don't care if he doesn't shoot threes. The guy can score and knows how to get to the free throw line. You get to see him on a, on a daily basis. What has impressed you most about DeMar DeRozan? He's freaky. He's freaky consistent. Um, and he's probably having, to this juncture, his best season ever. And that's saying a lot. I don't understand how other teams don't take him out of his game because you know what he's going to do. He's either going to back you down to the free throw line and somehow get into the lane and shoot that 12 to 18 footer. And he's so consistent at it. I worry about him wearing down a little bit though, Pete, because that has been his Achilles heel during his career is once you get to the playoffs, he's not as effective. And right now he's been carrying the load. I mean, he is in literally in the MVP conversation. I don't think he'll win it, but he's in the conversation, but he is so consistent. And unfortunately, once again, because of COVID, you really can't get to know these guys as well as you'd like to, but I'm told he's just a great teammate. So yeah, he's got everything going for him. What's the fan support been like? I know it's still a, a, Bears town, <laughs> and, and I know that the, the Bulls and the Blackhawks kind of fall behind, and then of course you got the you know the Cubs at the top of the list too. How has the support been for what is now a resurgent Chicago Bulls franchise? It's actually been great. It's it's sort of a, a renaissance, if you will, because let's face it. Uh, you know, after all the championships, you know, then you had the Tim Floyd era, which was like going from uh, the penthouse to the outhouse. Um, and then subsequently, you know, they had a stab at it during the Derrick Rose time, but unfortunately, his injury sort of killed all that. Um, and and now they've been rebuilding, and and the building is full again, which it will be when you're here on Saturday night. That's uh, that's a good thing. Um, and and yeah, the fan response has been very favorable. Now, it doesn't hurt the Bulls that everybody else in town stinks. So the Bulls actually are, are able to, to, you know, get all the fanfare in the city right now. But they deserve it. Uh, it, it. It's been a really good story. And, you know, you hear this a lot also, especially with winning teams. But there is a camaraderie on this team um, that is throughout the entire organization now. So, yeah, it's a really nice renaissance with the Bulls. Ayo Desumu, I think there's always some type of bias against somebody who played college basketball for more than one year, but he's been absolutely fantastic. Very impressed with him in the MLK day game. That was the only time we've seen him in Memphis. Only time we will see him in Memphis. He's been fantastic. What have you seen? I'm really surprised. You know, I, I don't really consider myself to be wrong too often, Pete, but I was wrong on this guy. Listen, a lot of people were. He was drafted number 38 in the second round. So obviously a lot of people got it wrong. I watched him all the time in college. I mean, obviously the University of Illinois is not that far from Chicago. So we watched him and I thought he was a good college player. But obviously, until you literally watch somebody with your own eyes on a game-by-game basis, you're never really sure about a player. He hustles. He's smart. You know, he's got that, I hate to use this terminology, but he's got that Chicago toughness about him that um, is, you know, he mentions it and so does everybody else. His shot is a lot better than I thought. He's a smart basketball player. He looks like he's 12 years old, but he plays like he's 25 or 30 years old. So, 
I, I'm, I, I was wrong about him. I really was. But so were a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, and the opportunity has presented itself sure. with, with all the injuries that, that he has been able to shine. Mm-hmm. Going to go off the board here a little bit because the New York Knicks have devolved, fallen apart, whatever adjective you, you want to use. Um, Tom Thibodeau. does it seem like he almost has a shelf life? I mean, obviously you saw him there in Chicago where great results, great results, great results. And then things just, just go sideways. Does, does his personality and and I've had a chance to talk to him during summer league and he's great fun to be around except not during a game. I'm sure. Is there something about his intensity that eventually he loses a locker room and and things go South? Well, first of all, he swears like a sailor. (laughs) So if you're I'm, sitting, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised either. I mean, I, I sat right behind the bench for all those games and I, whoa, boy, I heard some things I thought I'd never heard before. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good way of describing it. His, his shelf life is not too long enough, but you know, saying all that, it's a little surprising because if you take a look at his regular season record, it's about almost 600 during his career. And then in the postseason, it's 400. So usually the MO is they, you know, peter out after the end of the regular season and then just die this time around for whatever reason. And let's face it, the New York Knicks organization is pretty dysfunctional. They have just fallen apart like a cheap suit this year. So I don't really know the ins and outs of this particular season. But, yeah, I think his shelf life runs out after a while. I don't see him being around there much longer either. When you talk about front offices, and and we touched on it earlier, what Arturis Karnishevis has done with his basketball team. Love John Paxson, Notre Dame guy, did some good things in Chicago. But what has this breath of fresh air meant for the Bulls franchise? Because clearly – Pax and Gar Foreman, they had been there. It, it almost seemed like too long and that, that new voices were needed. Yeah, um, breath of fresh air, I think, is the best way of putting it. And, and we talked earlier about how the fan base has been uh, uh, reinvigorated. And let's face it, winning does that. I mean, he's changed the entire roster. There's only two guys that are on this roster from when he got here. And he's only been here, what, about a year and three quarters or something like that at this point. So, yeah, he's he's totally changed it. I still think they're lacking. I think they need one more solid player uh, to get over the hump. Um, but he's obviously changed it. He's, he's a very quiet person. He's very secretive. You can't get anything out of him. I haven't put the bamboo shoots under his fingernails just yet. We're working on it. Um, but yeah, he, he's done a very, very good job. And, and, but I think he still needs to do a little bit more, to be honest with you. And he traded away those two first round picks to get uh, Vucevic that could come back to haunt him down the road. Yeah, uh, we're talking with David Schuster, and he is also on Hoops Pod Net, the basketball podcast network with the sharpshooters, Mark Shanowski. Uh, toot your own horn here. What, what you got coming up in future episodes? Where can we well, find you? It's so ironic because later today, <laughs> uh, later today, we have Ted Davis, who's going to be on with us. And, and Ted, of course, was with both Dallas and with Milwaukee for a long time. And uh, talk about going out on a high note. You know, his last game ever, he wins an NBA title as, as the broadcaster. So we're going to have Ted on later today. We've had a lot of good people on, including yourself uh, at various times. And I love talking to the broadcasters because that's where you really get the best information. We'd, we'd like to think so, but like you pointed out during COVID. Yeah, it's a lot harder, although they are, they are easing some of the restrictions. We don't get to talk to the players a whole lot coaches. And we're really lucky because our coaching staff is, is very, very talkative. Um, have you, have you spent some quality time with Maurice Cheeks there in in Chicago? I only wish I would because, I first of all, I watched Maurice Cheeks growing up. 
at right. DuSable High School here in Chicago. I actually saw him play in college because I went to Southern Illinois in the Valley, Missouri Valley, and he went to West Texas State. So West Texas State played SIU on a couple of occasions. I love Maurice Cheeks. Love him. I only wish that he would ter- uh, teach uh, Lonzo Ball to get into the lane like he did. I mean, Lonzo Ball, as good as he's been, and he's been very good before he got injured, he still does not get into the lane. And that drives me nuts for a point guard. <laughs> well, I was with Maurice when he was coach in Portland. And I, Maurice, does either he doesn't like the media or he was playing me because I would I have a videographer with me. And, of course, I was doing play-by-play. But we wanted to get some sound bites before the game. We didn't have the same setup that we do now, you know, home coach, 105 minutes before tip and visiting coach, 90 minutes, whatever. So we go to shoot around. Hey, coach, can we talk to you? No. <laughs> Come, talk to one of the assistants. No, we want to talk to you. Why do you want to talk to me? Because you're the head coach. And we would almost literally have to chase him around the gym until finally, finally, he would uh, he would agree. And he yeah, also... He- and he also has a soft spot for Hickey Freeman suits for some reason. Okay. Well, he does seem reticent for publicity. That's number one. But he's from a long line of point guards who have played, grew up in the Chicagoland area. I mean, the, the list is endless of guys, including himself. I mean, there, there's obviously Isaiah and Doc and, and so many others. So, yeah, I'd like to get to know him a little bit better. But unfortunately, with COVID, it is what it is. Hopefully these things will change. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday night at a packed United Center. John Morant comes to Chicago. I can't wait. I Honestly, I, I love watching him. And that dunk that he had in the All-Star game, wow. Absolute wow. So, yeah, look forward to seeing you on Saturday, Pete. David Schuster of the Sharpshooters podcast here on the Basketball Podcast Network. Joining me as my friend of the program to help preview the Grizzlies and the Bulls tilt, which is Saturday night. And again, uh, here's what the Grizzlies have coming up. They've got a Thursday night matchup with the Minnesota Timberwolves, then a day off in Chicago, which is always a good thing. Saturday night game against the Chicago Bulls, fly home, and then on the final day of February, Grizzlies have the San Antonio Spurs. This has been the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network, brought to you by Hoop City Basketball Club and by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Pete Bradica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 